joining us on a special Halloween edition of Popcorn for Breakfast. It's been, a, it's been a little while since we've done a special per se. We used to call all of our episodes around the holidays specials, um, so we're bringing that back for sure. There is really nothing special about this episode except for the fact that it is a... Our last review before Halloween, and it is about the movie Halloween Kills, so it's on theme. Um, yes. Which, if we're being honest, Kirk and I were talking over the weekend, as we typically do with our programming schedule, and we were just like, you know, Halloween's sort of tiptoeing, about to tiptoe past us, with no mention uh, doing any horror f- film review or anything like that. Um and then, of course, the fact that I'm the only person who has a Peacock login on the world came up in the world came up, and I was like, "Well, why don't we do Halloween Kills?" So we decided to do that, and we decided to drop it the Friday before Halloween. So there you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, here we are. So yeah, I just I introed him with your co-host Kirk, as always. Hello, hello. I am your other co-host Cam, and we are going to talk about Halloween Kills tonight. I want to I want to talk about your Peacock Premium real quick, real sure. quick, because as I kept thinking, like you know. They should probably just give you your subscription for free, but then I think no, they'll they don't make enough money to give any of their subscriptions for free. <laughs> no, why should they give it to me for free? Because I, I I just because I'm the only person who has one, right? Because they're like, wait, he could be our spokesperson. Like he right. could just go out and chat all about it, and but then they'd have zero dollars. I should definitely start like a Facebook group or like a a subreddit for people with Peacock (laughs) subscriptions. I think it'd be like me and like nine other people who, (laughs) who have it. And we just talk about it. Here's the thing. I don't hate Peacock. I hate that I'm paying for it. I pay for it for soccer as I've, as I've stated before. I mostly state that just to save face a little bit. Cause I don't want anybody to think that I'm like, Oh yeah, I love the Peacock catalog. It's really great. But the user interface is fine. Honestly, I, I don't, I don't yeah. mind it. Uh, you know, I, we, we are faced with so many content streaming platforms these days that like the bad ones really stick out looking at you Paramount plus. Um, but this user interface doesn't bother me and works pretty well. And yeah, I don't have any real problems with it. Yeah. It was very easy to find the movie on your subscription. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're like, they're like, all over the banners. They're like, this is the only thing we have. Please watch it. If you're not watching soccer, please watch this movie That's and right. then tell your friends. <laughs> so. They actually, they actually sucked people in. They actually had Mike Myers in his mask playing soccer in a promo just to accidentally get people to click on it. Right. So that way they would play the movie and like, oh, well, I guess I'm here. So yeah, that would be smart. That would be smart. But this is uh, you know, baby steps for Peacock premium baby steps. Um, but we're here. We're reviewing a Halloween movie. We're checking that box. Uh, we're talking about Halloween Kills, and Kirk is going to give a synopsis here real quick, and then we will dive into our review and let you know, because people love to watch scary movies around Halloween. It's great. It's There's no better time. There's just a little bit of a, there's a chill in the air. You know, everybody's feeling feeling the spooky season vibes. It's good. I, I try to watch Scream every year. It's one of my favorites of yes. all time. I try to watch, you know, Night of the Living Dead. Uh, you know, pop a few of those in there. So this is what I'm talking about. If this is good, maybe it joins your rotation. But we will let you know what we think, and then you can make your own decisions. So, Kirk, without further ado, your synopsis of Halloween Kills. 
Excellent. I should preface this with that I have never seen a full Halloween movie all the way through. What? Wait, 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 wait. Not even the first one? Not even the very first one. How much have you seen of it? Like, are are we talking like you've seen it on television in passing type of deal? That's exactly right. It's it's been on TBS and I've caught it oh and my. it came on. I'm like, all right, let's see who dies and I'll let it play and then I fall asleep or I get busy. Um, that's that's the extent of my Halloween knowledge. Wow, that is shocking. And I, and I I'm not here to shame you. That's not my role in life. And I've I you know I as have blah, 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 as I have often said, mm-hmm. there is so much content out there. We can't be expected to have seen it all. But that just is a little bit surprising because you've seen so many things, and this is such a classic. Um, so this will be interesting. You well, you should go back and watch the first one, regardless of what you think of this one. The first one really is—it's a real treat. It's a real mm. great, especially around Halloween. It's just a real treat. So that is shocking, but I'm 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 glad you're here now, Kirk. Thank you, thank you. I'm I'm finally aboard the Halloween train. This particular iteration is a sequel to the 2018 Halloween uh, film, uh, as I've been instructed uh, by my co-host that this has been a reboot of the original film. There are lots of things that are different. They're, they're trying to wipe away the stain of like things like Halloween H2O that came out, uh, I think, in the year 2000 yeah. or somewhere near there. Big yikes. And this film, the sequel to 2018, we are thrusted into. We they ever everyone thinks that Mike Myers has been killed. Um, Mike Myers, of course, is a uh, a mental patient at an insane asylum, and he has basically superhuman strength. He has previously murdered countless people, um, and specifically on Halloween night, he breaks out of the mental hospital in the in the original of this particular trilogy, breaks out of the mental hospital and uh, goes after Jamie Lee Curtis and her family. In this, we are getting to see Jamie Lee Curtis excited about living her life. She's like, great, I survived this guy. This is wonderful. Life is going to be great. No, wrong. He did not die. He did not die at all. They thought they burned him in a fire. Nah. Um, what we see transpire is just a chase of of this monster, Michael Myers, not to be confused with the Canadian superstar, Mike Myers. And yeah, baby. <laughs> and I think that's pretty much it. You know what, what Halloween is. You really know what Mike Myers is. He is this superhuman um, kind of dead guy who Entity, <laughs> walks around yes. and kills people at a snail's pace almost. He does. That's one of his things. He, you know, I think what, what part of what made the first movie scary and a little bit groundbreaking was that Mike Meyer, Mike, Michael Myers, like not a, you know, he would come out in the daylight and just kind of lurk about. That was kind of off putting to people, you know, mm-hmm. him be him watching Lori from across the street in the daylight with a mask on, like kind of a, an unorthodox move for, for a slasher film. And yeah, like you said, he moves pretty slow. He doesn't say anything. He just kind of goes about his biz. Um, so yeah, I mean, this is ha- this is a Halloween movie. It's a Halloween movie. But I tell you what, you try to take his mask off, and he's the fastest creature you've ever You're seen. About to get his slapped. His hands shoot up so fast to cover his face or to pull that mask back down. It's unreal. But any other time, he's just meandering, and no one can stop him. It's true. And going back to the continuity thing. So this is what might be confusing. So there have been 
a bajillion Halloween reboots and and sequels and threequels and and all of these different things. So basically, this is the sequel, as Kirk said, to the 2018 Halloween movie, which was a direct sequel to the original Halloween movie. Okay, so it was all of the Halloweens that happened in between there. Kirk mentioned, you know, H2O. There was like the Rob Zombie reboot. There were all these other Halloweens. None of those exist in this continuity. Though, at one point, they show a short clip from one of those non-canon movies in this movie. Uh, <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> which, when 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 asked about it, the producers were basically like, yeah, it's just nostalgic for, you know, the fans, the super fans, they love it. And it's like, okay, cool. So continuity doesn't mean anything. That's that's slick. Um, <laughs> but, you know, when you're making, like, the eighth or ninth Halloween movie, it's like, sure, like, throw that in there. What does it matter? But that's how it's supposed to be. So it would go, in this line, it would go the first Halloween movie, then the 2018 movie, also called Halloween, because that's not confusing, Right. And then this film. And then there's meant to be another one called Halloween Ends, which will which will hopefully end this this storyline. Um so that's that's the basic that's the basic thread there. Yes. And what that means most notably is that Lori like at some point in the sequels they reveal that Lori Strode is like his long lost sister or something like that. And that's sort of the re- terrible plot line because she never was, and he like murdered his sister to start the whole thing when he was a kid. Um, so that doesn't exist. It's just he wants to kill Lori, I guess, because she's like unfinished business is the best thing that I can figure. Like she got away in the first movie, and so he's like, he's like nobody gets away from Michael Myers. I don't know. I don't know what his code of honor is, but that's that's where we're at. Yeah, which is funny because having not seen any of them, I thought that was the original. I thought that she was actually his sister. Oh, from gotcha. The- from the starting gates and uh, yeah, totally wrong. That's why I was super confused as this movie went along. <laughs> I'll probably have more questions from you. That's all right. That's all right. Well, let's, let's dig into it, Kirk. You're up first with, uh, and the Oscar goes to. So any acting performances that stood out to you, my friend? Um, I'll keep this brief because man, were they all mostly terrible? Um, the only person that I could ever imagine giving this to um, would be, the one and only Judy Greer. I believe she plays Jamie Lee Curtis's daughter. And then she also is a mother to Jamie Lee Curtis's granddaughter. I think that is Allison in this particular movie, but you've seen Judy Greer. She plays the same character in every movie and she is making bank, ladies and gentlemen, bank by playing the exact same character. And in a lot of cases I would frown upon that, but you need this character. You need the essence of Judy Greer in a film and the she concerned has, mother, the concerned mother. That's that's right. <laughs> the concerned mother, the concerned best friend. Um, you've seen her in the wedding planner. I mean, just, you know, her, if you don't know her name, you know, her, you know, her, this is, this is your everyday friend. And she's just continued to, uh, to get roles. It's fantastic. Um, I wish she was in a better movie than this because she deserves better. And she honestly was the bright spot in this film. So Oscar goes to Miss Judy Greer. This is hilarious because <laughs> I came in here fully prepared 
to absolutely drag Judy Greer for her performance. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was like, I was fully prepared to just let it fly because I thought it was, I mean, let's be honest. The, the, the dialogue was horrific, particularly for her character. So she didn't get, she didn't have much of a puncher's chance. Nobody in this movie really did. But it's just so funny that you you singled her out because I singled her out for the opposite reason, and that's hilarious. Um, okay, moving on. I for my Oscar, I am giving it to Andy Matichak, who plays Allison, um, for the sole purpose, really, that she was kind of the only person who acted like she wasn't in a horror film or acted like she wasn't aware that she was in a horror film, which felt like a huge win in this movie because everybody else seemed to be pretty aware of the fact that they were in a horror movie and like didn't put a ton of effort into things. And she seemed genuinely surprised by everything that was happening. She was giving some genuine reactions to things. It wasn't just like, very forced dialogue delivery and things like that. Now she had to act opposite some pretty horrifically bad act acting performances. Uh, her boyfriend, Cameron, uh, which my namesake. So that's, that's a bummer. Cameron Elam, Dylan Arnold, not a good performance from you, buddy. That was tough. And, and most of her scenes were with him uh, up until the point that he gets, murdered like they Michael Myers like sticks his hands through the sticks his head through the spindles on the staircase banister mm-hmm. um and that's sort of the end for him but yeah I would say I would say out of the the group that we get the most screen time with I would lean towards Allison's character for uh better performance amongst the group mm-hmm. so and Jamie Lee Curtis shockingly small amount of of screen time can we agree on that Oh yeah, I mean, weird. She was in a hospital bed for the majority of the movie and only shown like twice. Before I yeah, she got I out wonder of the what her bed. total screen time was in this movie because the runtime is about an hour forty-five, and I mean, I wouldn't even say she's in. I mean, screen time is a funky thing, but I wouldn't even say that she's like around and relevant for a quarter of this movie total. Exactly, I would say. Less than 20% was the number in my head. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it, which is so weird because all of the promotional material, which I understand, is just her. <laughs> like, mm. I think we saw all of her scenes in the trailers, and then it's nothing else really. It's like the Judy Greer and her daughter show. So, mm-hmm. really odd. Really odd there. Um, but let's move over to the smaller role, Scene Stealer. Who do you have, Kirk? My scene stealer, ladies and gentlemen, goes to none other than 80 star breakfast club, Anthony Michael Hall, but not for any good reason whatsoever at all. I am a big stan of Anthony Michael Hall. He did this series uh, on USA where he played um, uh, in the dead zone. I forget the, the, the teacher's name. And either way, he was fantastic in it. It was a terrible show, but I thought he did a great job for the character, uh, despite the bad writing and the bad production value. I love Anthony Michael Hall in everything he does, except this. This was just atrocious. Yeah, it was real bad. The reason I picked him as the scene stealer was because it was like watching 
um, just watching your one of your favorite people just absolutely lose their mind as he shouted through the halls, evil dies today, evil dies today, with zero authenticity. I mean, granted, that's an absolutely atrocious line to have as a real chance in any movie, but especially a horror movie, like to call, to make someone shout that several times. Um, and then it was like, he was like kind of like checking in with people. Uh, at one point we hadn't heard it for like 15 minutes. And then he was about to like go in, into battle and he's like, yeah, evil dies today. Right. Yeah. Like, like you brought you with me guys <laughs> like a dad. And it was just really, really bad. It was so bad that he got my scene stealer because I could not look away. I could not look away. So Anthony Michael Hall, you deserve better. And I, you should have said no to this movie. Yeah. I mean, this is definitely uh, um, filed under everybody needs a paycheck performance for him. Rough. Yeah. It was rough deluxe from, from his opening scene at the bar where he's telling the original story. Ugh. Oh my word. So bad. Just atrocious. Just really bad. Um, and it just, it doesn't get better. It really doesn't get better for him. Um, no. It's a toughie. It's a toughie. There's really no other way to put it there. Just really tough performance. Okay. Um, and there were some, I mean, there were just stinkers abound in this movie. The dialogue was really poorly written. And <laughs> I'm showing my cards pretty, pretty blatantly now at this yeah. point. Um, the dialogue was horrifically poorly written. But then there's just like, there were scenes where you were like, please make it stop, you know? And, and I rarely feel like that these days. And yeah, it was, it was that bad at times. I think the flashback to the, um, the police officer accidentally killing oh. the, the partner, the partner in that scene was horrific. Yeah. So bad. Okay. Yeah, it's bad. Okay. Let's, um, <laughs> my scene stealer is going to Will Patton. I weirdly like Will Patton. I have for a long time. Maybe it's the, it's probably the, <laughs> the, um, the remember the Titans effect with him. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just kind of like, it's a nostalgic thing. And so every time I see him, I'm like, oh, great. But I just, you know, he, he always takes a role that's like somewhere on this weird, crazy range <laughs> for some reason. Like if you think back to his role in, um, Oh, what was the Steven Yeun movie that just Minari? Minari, yeah, his role mm -hmm. in Minari, just like this was this was almost akin to that. He had very little screen time and dialogue, but I thought that in his scenes in the hospital where he was opposite Jamie Lee Curtis, he was clearly the more he was clearly giving a better performance than her in those. Jamie Lee Curtis felt like she really was collecting a paycheck and wanted nothing to do with this at all. I mean, just like, sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll do this, but just, I mean, very minimal effort on her part to be honest. And that's fine. You know, I, I, I know what this is, uh, but, uh, Will Patton, he had very limited, limited screen time. So he couldn't do a lot of damage and his, his screen time was not noticeably very bad. So that puts him a step above most other people in this movie, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, it's Armageddon for me. Will Patton and Armageddon. Oh, yeah, yeah. Good call. Absolutely a heartbreaking role. Um, he's got a son that never knew him. And then as he's about to die, his his the mother of the child says to him, you see that man on TV? That's your... Oh, no, he gets back to Earth. Um, you see that man on TV? That's your daddy. And, oh, man, he does great performance. Great performance. Uh, 
Yeah, I like great it. choice. I like it. All right, let's move into the production and talk about our showstopper. Kirk, you have the floor. Yeah. You know, for a horror movie, I think you have to have good blood. And I would say the, so I, I was, as I've stated before, I went to school for theater. Um, I was terrible at makeup, um, but I could always appreciate good and bad makeup. Now the blood, the color of blood can sometimes be horrendously wrong in movies. And in this one, they got it right. You know, in the terrible flashback scene where the partner shoots his, his uh, partner in the neck, trying to shoot Mike Myers, um, gets him in the neck. Great blood, great pressure coming out great color um and great when they like take him away too uh all throughout really just really good blood when the uh when every victim was taken down um i don't really remember a moment where i was like meh you know it was very it was just very well done in in all aspects so production value i mean 10 out of 10 for the blood that's critical for a horror movie bravo yeah, good call. I, I am on a similar side of the fence, which is uh, for my showstopper, the movie looked good. I, I do think it looked good. I thought it, I thought there were some creative, fun shots, particularly particularly during some of the uh, Michael Myers, you know, massacres. There was there was one shot where you're inside the fireman's helmet after he got yes. stabbed through the eye with some sort of, I don't know, piece of wood or something like that. And that was kind of a cool scene. Cause you like see the point of view. There were some, there were some good shots, you know, good lighting. I thought the gore, like you said, Kirk with the gore was effective. And ultimately like, I don't get spooked by gore. So it's not, it's not, if a movie is just gory, just a total gore fest, it's really not going to do much for me because I get pretty desensitized to it pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, and you know, that's that's one half of slasher films. Slasher films are really like, you know, suspense slash jump scares and then gore. You know, that's really like the how that works. So if you are somebody who is a fan of the gore side or that, you know, scratches your horror itch for whatever reason, this movie had a lot of it. It's called Halloween Kills. There were many kills. It should be called Halloween 100 Kills or like Halloween Kill Death Ratio of 70 to 1 or something like that. I don't know. Like <laughs> they should have been more specific. But yes, there were lots of kills in it and they mostly looked good. So it, it none of them were distractingly bad. Though I will say the one thing that was super odd in this movie um and I'm not using it as my director's shoes, but the blocking of the scenes when uh, he's killing people, the number of people in this movie that let Michael Myers just walk right up to them mm-hmm. and do whatever he wants, you know, stab them in the face, chop them in the head, whatever, choke them out, break their neck. Like, they're just, there were countless people who just let him walk right up and just end yes. it. Not running. Not not even really like screaming or anything, just dead. I was like, wow, that is so weird because it it we're in the town where all this went down, right? So like everybody is is definitely aware of who this dude is and they're just like letting it happen. They're like, Oh, okay, here he is. I can't move. He moves so slow, like you said, Kirk, and all yep. these people are not doing anything. 
I think that there should have been like an immediate self-defense class that was mandatory for that town after they first had him back in the 70s, because that would make sense. Like, hey, man, that was nuts. Let's uh, let's make sure everyone here knows how to defend themselves. Yeah, yeah. This specifically back to the firefighter scene where you're talking about is, yeah, like there's like 15 firefighters all equipped with axes, which axes, that's not the one the one had like a chainsaw. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he they all just like waited for him to come to them. And then sometimes they went to him and they just got destroyed. Absolutely destroyed. Not, not one ran away. They all ran to their death towards their death. Also glad you brought up the firefighting scene when Mm -hmm. there is a house fire, especially one like that, where the thing is like burning to the ground. Yeah. There would be police present Mm -hmm. 100% like many, there would be many police officers there to, to witness, observe, report, etc. The firefighters are really there for like triage and rescue type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact that all those, you know, like 10 plus firefighters just got massacred because there were no cops there. I was like, there, that would not happen. No You're going to get at least two fire trucks for a fire like that. You're going to get at least five squad cars. And where are the EMTs at? Nowhere near that place. And this Maybe is a small town. Smart. Yeah, that's my thing. It's like, this is a small town. What are we doing? You know, like surely there's nothing better to do there. Right. I don't know. I have questions. I have questions, but let's, let's, uh, let's save the rest of our questions for director shoes. Kirk, what are your, what are your notes? Our director here is David Gordon green. Who's getting a lot of interesting projects coming up, but most, most notably for this movie, he is the director that has been chosen for the, the sequel, I suppose, of the exorcist that, that, um, Paramount paid loads and loads and loads of money. Was it Paramount or Peacock? I don't know. But one of them paid loads and loads of money for. So that's that's who we're talking about here. So what are your notes for, for our friend David Gordon Green, Kirk? Yeah, you know, like you said, the movie looks good. But I have lots of concerns about his next outing. Because when your actors are that bad, and I'll talk about... I'll talk in detail about that in just a minute. But when your actors are that bad emoting this story on the screen, you have to take a step back and say, what am I doing wrong? Um, You want your actors to look good because they convey your story. So even if you do have the world's worst actors or an actor who just it's not clicking for them or they're not uh, fully immersed into the story because, again, they need better motivation. They need a better backstory. They need they need something to connect them to the piece, right? That's your job as a director, despite the bad writing. I feel like, you know, we have we had some pretty heavy hitters in here or at people who have been around the block in films before and there it it almost seems like they didn't have enough money for a second take it was like all right well one shot let's try it no rehearsal one shot uh, all the money is spent on the production and the set and mike myers safety so <laughs> throughout all of this craziness uh so that's what it really seemed like to me unfortunately so i'm a little concerned about the exorcism uh series coming up the series of films coming up because that you have to be able to trust your director. Um, the other thing is uh, with with that, there is a total pairing of what what content do I have to work with? The script writing, absolutely abysmal. I mean, you could have probably had a, uh, probably what happened was a 12-year-old um, came up with this idea and wrote the words to it. 
because honestly, some of the most authentic moments in dialogue in this movie are when those kids, um, after they torture um, the two the two guys, <laughs> what is it, Big Sean and Little Sean or something? Big John like that. and Little John, yeah. Big John and Little John, hilarious. <laughs> Those guys are ridiculous. Um, when they when this like group of kids like basically ransack their house for all of their candy uh, on Halloween night, and then they like go and eat it in the, at the playground, and they're just chilling and they're like cursing at each other and cursing at the adults. They're trying to like warn them like, hey, go inside, you're gonna get killed. Their little dialogue in the background is the most authentic dialogue uh, of the entire movie, I feel like. So that's how that's what relates to me. A 12-year-old wrote this because that was the most believable piece throughout all of this. I think that um, the backstory could have worked, the flashback could have worked had we not had um, the young Hawkins look like an absolute, uh, like he walked out of the beach with that hair. Because as we know, Will Patton <laughs> does not have that hair. Right. He shouldn't look like a model back in back in his earlier, younger days. So there's just a lot going on, just lots of misfires left and right throughout this film that really don't make it sustainable for the long run. Really doesn't make this rewatchable, um, even as a horror movie, because a lot of times you watch these a little bit for the campiness, but in a movie that's always tried to be a more realistic horror story, um, it's it doesn't make it. It just misses the mark. It really just misses the mark. So that's my director's shoes for Halloween Kills. You bring up a great point. You actually bring up a couple of great points. I think the whole expectation of campiness. I think I, what I don't want people to come away from my review, at least thinking, is that I came in and said, "Oh, it's super campy. I'm tanking it." Never. That That is part of the genre, and I come to accept it and actually really love it. Like I said, Scream is one of my all-time favorite horror movies. I love the original Halloween. Um, I, I dig it. I, I dig that part of the genre. This was beyond that. This was beyond campy. This was just sloppy, sloppy city. And um, regarding your concerns about David Gordon Green, so first of all, I checked into the Exorcist thing. It is Peacock Universal they're doubling down hard on horror as a, as a genre, which as a business decision, I actually think is really smart because that genre seems to be peaking a little bit. Like there's lots of stuff coming out there, but yes. you know, this is a Blumhouse movie and they have worked with some really great directors like Lee Winnell, Lee Winnell, um, James Wan. They've worked with Jordan Peele. You know, they've mm -hmm. worked, they, they have a long list of I mean, they're a well-renowned horror shop when it comes to film and they've worked with some great directors. And so I, I am a little bit surprised that universal is doubling down on David Gordon green because the first one wasn't, it was fine, but it was, you know, it was better than most Halloween sequels, but it wasn't anything to write home about. I didn't think. And then this one was just flat out not good. So it is an interesting case, but maybe they, you know, Director, good directors direct bad movies all the time. It happens. It's true. So it's it's not like I'm trying to like crucify this guy over a couple of movies, but it is it does leave you scratching your head a little bit when you look at the portfolio so far. Um, my director shoes for Halloween Kills. I think there are a couple. The biggest one is that this movie just was pretty lifeless in general. I was not at any point scared, not even slightly. Um, the jump scares were pretty cheap and the set pieces didn't build suspense in any sort of meaningful way. Um, 
to where I was scared. You know, I tried to sort of set the tone as I do with uh, horror movies and, you know, turn off the lights and do the whole thing. And really it just wasn't rattled at all (laughs) at any point in this movie. All the way up to you get to the end and the big death is Judy Greer at the end. Um, Michael Myers offs her to end the movie or, or, you know, we don't really like see it per se, but he, they make the little noise and he's behind her, you know, that sort Mm -hmm. of thing. Just really low impact, (laughs) you know, like we didn't really build to anything in this movie. We just kind of like meandered around and it was just felt really inconsequential. Like we're sort of treading water until Halloween ends, which like who even knows what that's going to be. And I I think from a plot perspective is like, we're seriously going to kill her. Like why? What, uh, what is the, what is the plot purpose of that? You know, there, her husband just died. Now she's dead. Now it's just Allison and her grandmother, Lori Strode. Like, I don't know what we're going to do with that really. Um, So didn't like that. The other thing is the sort of central theming in this is all about misinformation and mob mentality and things like that with the whole evil dies tonight. They like write this subplot in there about how somebody else escaped from the mental hospital with Michael and they think that it is Michael Myers and then everybody's chasing him and he ends up dying by throwing himself out a window. And it's <laughs> like, right. it's like, look, this is the dangers of misinformation and, and mob mentality. And it was like, I'm like, is this supposed to be clever? This is not not even close. This is really, this is not like thoughtful filmmaking. This is really cheesy and crappy. I mean, no nobody, the subtle. There's no subtlety to that. There's no there's no artful delivery and design to that. It's just really cheesy and corny and crappy. And I mean, it's like beating the dead horse. The horse is very dead. Like the horse, like the horse is buried. We're just hitting the ground at this point. Mm. Um, that's how bad it was. And I'm just like, pick a new slant, dude. Like we, it's, it's so played out. Like people are tired of hearing about the pandemic. We know there's misinformation. We know there's stupidity going on. You know, there's been misinformation. It's part of the digital age. Like that is so boring. We all know about that. Let's let's not rehash that. And that's what they chose to do, which felt like just really lazy and overall not good. So that hurts the film for sure. I mean, with that track, I think um, when Halloween ends, I think Michael Myers actually contracts COVID and dies. Yes, that would be good. That Dude, yes, <laughs> that would be it. They'd be like, oh, man, if Michael Myers had been vaccinated... <laughs> I'm just, I'm just kidding. I do think you should get vaccinated, but that's not the point of this. Um, he's an anti-vaxxer. He's, you know, he's yeah, Michael Myers is an anti-vaxxer, and that's what finally gets him. <laughs> also, while we're while we're dragging this movie a little bit, um, so they get Michael Myers in a very compromising situation. I mean, mm-hmm. the whole freaking town is surrounding this dude, ready to just end it, and they don't do it. This is a guy who has proven to be pretty much invincible. You finally got him in a position where even he's like, well, here we are. You know, he doesn't really try to fight back or anything. And they like, don't take any kill shots at him. They shoot him a couple times, all non-fatal shots, you know, to the torso, to the meaty areas. They're, they're hitting him a little bit with a baseball bat. I'm like, dude, somebody decapitate this guy. Yes. Chop his head off, shoot him in the head until it doesn't look like a head anymore. Like, mm-hmm. this is Michael Myers. Let's end it. 
and predictably, he doesn't die. He presumably murders every last one of the people in their little gang circle and yep. then kills Judy Greer. So it's like, <laughs> what are we doing here, guys? Indeed. Indeed. I mean, you know, it's just, it's baffling. Like, you can't, as the director, <laughs> you can't put him in that situation and then win. That's exactly uh, right. Effectively. Because because that was actually where I where I sort of leaned forward in my seat a little bit. I was like, now this is going to be <laughs> be interesting because he should presumably at the end of this be very unrecognizably dead. Yep. And yet no. And and the way that he gets out of it is just so boring and cheesy and lame. It's just basically they didn't follow through on killing him and I'm like, "Ugh. Just lame." Yeah. Anyway. I admittedly I was falling in and out of sleep at that moment. I don't so. blame you because there was no there was really no pace or like energy at by, mm-hmm. by that point at all. You know, there's just really nothing going on there. Um here's how it should have happened. And maybe this actually did happen because I don't quite remember it. <laughs> I think he should have slipped his mask off, put it on someone else, and thrown them into the center of the crowd and walked away. Yeah, now dude. that would have been baller. Yeah, it would have it would have helped their theme too, right? Like, mm-hmm. we're the real villain type of thing. That's right. So played out. They've been doing that since the Twilight Zone, man. Like, I know, on. but it would have worked so much better than what they did. No, I agree with you. <laughs> I agree with you. I just mean like the fact that they were even on that line in the first place is lame deluxe. Okay, let's wrap this up because I don't want to talk an hour about this movie. So, nope. Final thoughts end. and scores, Kirk. You're up. Final thoughts and scores is there's no way that the third installation of this film, um, or I guess the fourth, because it's tagging off of the original, right. right? There's no way that Halloween ends ends well because this one was so atrocious. Uh, it is uh, an absolute um, just dumpster fire of a movie. <laughs> I thoroughly hated the entire time I was watching it, but I also could not look away. I could not look away because there are some movies that are so terrible. You just turn off because you can't stand it anymore, but it does go by quickly. Let's give it a positive note. It goes by pretty quickly. It moves because there is just constant running. So you're like, well, how are they going to kill this person? How are they going to kill that person? I give it that, but that's all I can give it. Halloween kills gets a 2.0 kernels. OMG, you stole my score. You stole my (laughs) score. That's unreal. Well, it's fine. It's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll give the same score. So now, you know, my score, my final thoughts. Um, here's what I'll use my time on. There was a scene in this movie where, um, two randos, a married, a presumably married couple, uh, they get murdered, but shortly before they're murdered, they're flying a drone around. (laughs) And I was like, this is going to be great. I was like, they are going to somehow, Michael Myers is somehow going to like shove this drone down their throat and then turn it on and it's going to like chop their jugular vein up it from the inside. I don't know. I was like, this is going to be gnarly and nothing. We get nothing with the drone. I'm like, why was the drone even there? These people are like 65 plus years old. Why do they have a drone? And they're just like flying it for fun. They weren't even like taking pictures. They're just like flying it around their house. That, that, that is the microcosm of the movie. It's like, why are we here? What are we doing? Oh, that wasn't very creative. I thought you were going to do something cool. That sucked. Um, so yeah, that's, it's a 2.0. It's a 2.0. And, and you know, if you're, if you're somebody who is like, you guys are, 
you know, just dragging this horror movie for whatever reason. I, I will say this for fairness. I have hated every Halloween sequel because I just don't think it should have ever been sequeled. I know that they leave Michael Myers' death ambiguous in the first movie, and they do that in all horror movies because there has to be a lingering fear associated with it. You have to walk out of the theater thinking, oh my gosh, he could still be out there. It doesn't mean you have to sequel it into the freaking ground over mm-hmm. and over and over again and, and destroy the old canon and create a new canon and, and build it back up. Like, please, end this. I know that the next one's called Halloween Ends. I don't think it will ever end. I think it will be with us forever. <laughs> <laughs> and Michael Myers James- has to be getting tired at this point, man. Oh, was- yeah. I hope it's, it's like, the same actor from yeah, <laughs> from for sure. The 70s. I mean, he's it's just real. It's a real person. He's just like, like whatever, whatever. I'll go kill some people. Now, what would be good in you know when Jamie Lee Curtis is like ninety, as like a like a real grandmother figure, right? Like she's not that old, like right now. So like, but when she's like ancient, ancient, yeah, uh, bring her back telling the story to her great grandchildren yeah, uh, as just a narrative style on her deathbed. Yeah. Like a, yeah. Just like a a nightmare, like a night before Christmas type of, she turns it into a poem and and just sort of delivers the story that Mm -hmm. way. That would be good. And then that's it. And then, then her children, then we've we have a completely new saga. Like it's her bloodline, like which is what we have out of this, but we needed her older and not able to fight, not able to fight because she didn't even fight really in this movie. It was just weird. No, because I guess she got maimed in the first movie. I don't even really remember to be quite honest with you. Um, and I love how they the doctors are like, yes, we, we put it back together. High sustainability of living. Like, you know, like, she was massively injured. Like I, I liken it to, you know, um, my wife had a, had two C-sections. You know, there's like 19 different layers of muscle and tissue when you have a child C-section. Yeah. Okay, well, she basically got cut just as deep and not like by a doctor. No, like so, horizontally across the stomach, right? Exactly. So you're telling me that like less than 10 hours later, she's on her feet running around. Running, yeah. Adrenaline can't do that, Jamie Lee Curtis. It can't. No, it can't. All right. But the drone scene. The drone scene was... The, the drone, man. I wanted the drone kill. I was like, yes, 2021 drone kill. We're here. We made it. This is what. This is why I survived the pandemic. This is what, what I'm here for. And no, it didn't happen. And that is just a massive letdown. It really is. But here's what I will say also about this movie. If you're someone who like wants to get in the spooky season vibe, but you don't... Like if you really can't handle scary movies, this one might work. I don't know if you if you like can handle blood, you could handle this because it's just really not very scary at yeah. all. And if you've never seen any of the Halloween movies, it doesn't matter. It I'm really, proof of that. Yeah, Kirk is living proof of that. We gave the same score. I've seen many of them. Kirk has seen none of the, and we both ended up at a two So that that pretty much tells you everything you need to know, right? Right there. So yeah, indeed. All righty. Well, that's Halloween Kills, and uh, we may have just killed everyone's Halloween joy with that review, but that's okay. Uh, be sure to check it out. We, I'll try to post something on social to elicit some conversation about best horror movies to watch around this holiday, because I'm looking for suggestions as, as well, because I've, I've combed through a few of them so far, and I need some, need some more. Cam, this might be the year. I've stated it forever. Phantasm? Phantasm. Okay, but it's like a multi-movie series, right? How many are there? Five. That's an investment, Kirk. But you could watch the first one and be good for life. Is it actually scary? 
It is the perfect campy horror movie. There are moments that you're definitely creeped out. Uh And there are moments where you are laughing your butt off. It is the definition of a horror movie, in my opinion. All right. Maybe I'll take you up on that, Kirk. Thank Maybe you. I will. If if it costs money to rent it, I'm Ven- I'm sending you a Venmo request. Just so you know. I have the first one on DVD. Ah, oh, dang it. DVD? <laughs> no. I need just straight up DVD, not even <laughs> Blu-ray. <laughs> it was probably shot on like a Sony Handycam anyway. Like it doesn't matter. <laughs> All right. I may take you up on that. We'll see. We'll see. But thank you guys so much for listening. We hope you guys have an awesome halloween weekend if you have little ones trick-or-treating or if you're a grown adult and you trick-or-treat that's weird but like to each their own right you won't get candy at my house i'll tell you that right now um but i hope you guys have a great weekend we will be back next week with a review we'll we'll have we'll have movie news we'll have a review we may have two reviews i don't know we got the french dispatch coming out this weekend we got last night in soho coming out this weekend two movies that kirk and i have been very much looking forward to so Mm -hmm. we will let you know but for now we will leave you to enjoy your holiday as always special thank you to our executive producer ryan spriggs and the geniuses that wrote our music rhetoric you're about to hear them jam out right now and we will see you guys after halloween bye trick-or-treat Talk to you then.